This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning from California. Hi, Mom, from New York City. How are you? I am great. And, you know, I am getting such a kick out of the guests we're going to have on today because we did our Quantum Leap, which was a marketing program all last year, and we met a couple of fabulous people, and one of them is going to be on the show today. Hi, you want to introduce him? Yes, I'm excited. He's got great energy. And I'm excited about what he's speaking about because hopefully he'll give everybody here some tips um, that will help them to find joy again. So John Satin, along with Chris Patai, are the possibility coaches. John is co-author of the book, Living an Inspired, Empowered, and Joy-Filled Life, 365 Daily Tips to Get You There. After the death of his father, John learned how to heal his relationship with his mother, and he teaches others how to do the same. And you can visit him at possibilitycoaches.com. And welcome to the show, John. Hello, Heidi. Hello, Gloria. Great to be here. Oh, it's great to have I'm you on. So looking forward to being with you. Yeah, we're excited. So, so I'm just looking over some of the stuff that my mom sent me. And, um, you know, she talked about how your father's sudden passing was one of the defining moments in your life. And is that what inspired you? to become a possibilities coach, or how did how did you get to where you are today? What's your story? Well, I, I, well actually, the story is that um, my father's passing happened five years into the coaching practice. Mm, okay. So it, it, Chris and I were already were established. We were already assisting people, you know, worldwide and locally here in Pennsylvania. But it, it really was the most defining moment, one of the most defining moments of my life, because I realized that one person's departure can possibly change, and it did change the dynamics of those of us who are still living. Mm-hmm. And you said and it, it changed it, your relationship with your mom, right? Absolutely, absolutely. In in the dynamics of my family unit, um, Heidi and Gloria, my father and I, I would say, were closer than I was with my mother. So I had mm-hmm. I had a stronger relationship with my father. I would I felt more comfortable with my father and conversation, and we were very much alike. In, in a lot of ways, just not not so much that it was male bonding, but I just felt more comfortable with my father. And one of the real challenges I've had in my life and part of my healing process was that I suffered from what I'm sure the two of you are well aware of and your listeners, we can certainly elaborate talking about emotional abandonment. Mm-hmm. And really, the emotional abandonment simply is that my mother loved me, and there's no doubt that my mother loved me, but she did not know how to love me in the way that I required as a child. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. That's what emotional abandonment is. And so did your father fill some of those roles? He did. He he, he okay. really did. I mean, it, it was very paradoxical. My father was a workaholic, and he was a highly successful businessman, so I did not get to see him. Yet on the, on the, in the same time, when he was around... I felt a, a, a more of a tie to him emotionally. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to my mother, who was always around. She was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I grew up in the 1960s. My mom did not work. She was there at 3 o'clock when I got off the school bus, and yet she was not available to me. So it was very, it was very interesting dynamics. Well, well, John, what's interesting is when the person that's emotionally available dies. And how, and you know, it's interesting when we, when we lose people, like when I lost my brother and my mom lost her son, you know, people fill major roles in the family. And when they're gone, I mean, it knocks kind of, it knocks the family dynamics off. And it sounds like there was a major shift in your relationship with your mother once, after your dad died. There was, there was. And, you know, when my father passed, it was, as I said, it was one of the most defining moments of my life, and it was the most spiritually uplifting experience I've ever had, because I was the only person in the room when he took his last breath. Hmm. Well, I, I will add that Chris was there with me, mm-hmm. my partner, mm-hmm. and we were the only two, and no one else felt that they could be in the room when he took his last breath. He, my father had a cerebral hemorrhage in the backyard of his house. My parents live in California by his pool. He was cleaning the pool and he collapsed and went into a coma. And they just kept him on oxygen so I could get there because I live in Pennsylvania. So they just waited for me, basically. They kept him sustained on oxygen so I got there mm-hmm. so I could be with him. And wow. I was the one in the room with him and when he took his last breath and and everyone has had the experience or if you haven't, you will. It's part of life is witnessing the passing of a loved one. And it was the most spiritually uplifting moment of my life because I knew heart and soul that my father didn't leave permanently. He just left the body that he inhabited for this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it, it, was a, it was a miraculous experience for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what changed my life and my coaching practice. And how did it change it? Well, for one thing, I... I no longer believe that there is such a thing as death. I believe we are like everything else in the universe. We're energy, and we leave this body, we move on. However, I believe, like the universe and like God, we are eternal, and we just take on different forms. Mm-hmm. So my father hasn't left me, and I still have a wonderful relationship with him six years later, even though he's not here in a physical body. Uh, and, and John, so you've got a, you've got a continuing bond, which I love, because my mom and I talk so much about how they, people live forever in our hearts way after they're gone, and, and they're always with us. Initially, did you feel that way? Or did I you did. I did. I did. I was, at, okay. I was at that point in my life on my spiritual journey and my practice that I, I truly knew it was beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was the truth. Oh, I was just going to say, you talk about six steps to emotional healing, and I thought we might want to get to a couple of those before... You know, uh, sure. before we get too far into the show, I think our well, audience. Before, before we get into that, I'd like to preface that with the story. What happened? My father passed away in October of 2006, and we had the, they waited for me, of course, and other relatives from from out of the area, from California, and Florida, and New York, etc. And after the funeral, of course, there was a time where I spent with my mother and my sister, also lives in California, and I returned to New York, and that was in October, and then. Strange things began to happen. I began to be awakened at night with terrible panic and anxiety attacks, which I never had. And, you know, we call these perhaps dark nights of the soul. You know, what's going on? What is some somewhere someone is trying to communicate to me 
to listen and to hear. So they had to wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning to get me to listen. And it was a revelation. It was about six weeks after I returned from my father's funeral. And the revelation was a voice in my head one night said to me, here's how you correct the situation with your mother. It's not that she doesn't love you. It's that she feels you don't love her. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's big. That's big, isn't it, Mom? Mm Mm-hmm. And that changed everything. And that was around November, and I had already made a bought my plane ticket. I was going back to California for the Christmas and New Year's holiday, which was just about a month away. And when I got there, I knew immediately the dynamics between my mother and myself were different. It, It was as if, you know, metaphysically, telepathically, this whole energy changed. And I was just going to add that it, it culminated when I left the day after New Year's Day, uh, after the, the stay there, it culminated with my, myself. And I never said this to my mother. I said, Mom, I want you to know. And I was getting ready. The car was picking me up and taking me to the airport in Los Angeles. And I said, Mom, I want you to know I love you. Ah, oh, wow. And she literally, in her driveway, collapsed in my arm uh-huh. and grabbed me like a child and said, I want you to know that I love you so, so, so much. Uh-huh. Crying. Wow. And from that point on, from that point on, our relationship has taken a 180 degree shift. Wow. You know, that's amazing. So you approached her with, with a love in your heart. Right. Opened and her. For, awesome. Right. And for 50 years, as her child, I was waiting for her to tell me what she never told me. <sighs> and all along, all along, the powers that be informed me, well, she feels the same way. <laughs> right. How ironic. Yes. How ironic. So, so those crisis moments of losing a family member can create an opportunity for change. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And... One of of the things that that changed so dramatically is that, you know, I've always received cards from my parents, you know, birthday cards, and my mother would send me a Valentine's Day card. And they were were kind of very official and non-emotional, you know, as if, you know, she could have signed it, you know, your mother, Mrs. Satin kind of thing. You know, there there, there was no emotional love, at least that I felt were attached. And then right after, you know, I came back from New Year's in that moment, which changed our, the dynamics of our relationship, Valentine's Day came, and she sent me this most incredible, loving card that a mother could send to a son. And I was flawed. <laughs> how do you, how do, well, I couldn't explain it. How could I explain it? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm wondering, John, what about our guests out there? And there's so many people that right now listening are in a place where they do not know how they're going to survive the loss because it's, the pain is so great. And I know you guys have amazing tips on your site, and we are talking a lot about this right now. What, what are some of the things that they can do to shift their energy and to start moving towards a different place in their life? Because they're feeling right. stuck and they're feeling really bad. Well, one thing to understand, you know, Heidi, is that like the cosmos, nothing in your life occurs randomly. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly believe that when people pass on, it is divinely guided, and, it, and it's supposed to happen at that time, whether we like it or not, and of course we don't like it. 
Mm-hmm. It's supposed to happen. So what I took from that is, number one, the relationship doesn't end. I still have a wonderful relationship with my father and now an incredible relationship with my mother. So I've had two healings just by virtue of the fact that I told someone that I love her. That mm-hmm. simple. It was that simple. So perhaps the pain that you're feeling over a loss of a loved one is perhaps they need to hear that. But I want you to know how much I love you and how much you meant to me and how much you still mean to me. And to know that that relationship doesn't die when the person physically leaves. Well, and I think that's helpful. I think that's helpful for those people out there that maybe had ambivalent relationships and a lot of unfinished business and maybe the person dies and they can now still reach out and say, look, I love you, et cetera, even though that person isn't physically here. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about number two tip for us? Another tip is one of the things that Chris and I, and this, when I said my coaching practice changed, it changed because I realized that the only solution for myself, for Chris, for my clients, for all of you listening, for everyone, is forgiveness. Ah. Forgiveness, is, forgiveness is the solution to every so-called problem. And, you know, and we, we look to circumvent, you know, forgiveness. You know, we, we make a big deal over it, and it is a big deal. However, true forgiveness is the solution. And ultimately, forgiveness comes down to the forgiveness of oneself. Because I, I have found in working with clients over the years who are grieving over the loss of a loved one is that there's a tendency to blame oneself for what one did or didn't do in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And that I have found to be the biggest solution is self-forgiveness. Well, how about anger? Does that get in the way of self-forgiveness? Oh, absolutely. Uh, anger, you know, one of the things, you know, we talked about our six-step model, and briefly, it, it's based on Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's um, death and dying model. So Chris and I take it a little further. We add the sixth step of forgiveness. And we also do a, a variation of it in that it's denial, it's anger, it's bargaining, we grieve, and then finally we accept and then we forgive. And they don't necessarily go in that order. It can happen mm-hmm. you know, simultaneously. You can go from one emotion to another. I know I was angry at one point and I was actually in denial that my father was gone. I wouldn't accept it, you know, for, for about six months. And I grieved, and I had my grieving process, and then I finally accepted it, you know. However, previous to that, I was able to forgive my mother. So I love that. That mother piece is amazing. Listen, um, I need to have you talk about your coaching, because you guys are so dynamic. And before we end the show, I want to make sure you tell us about your site and your coaching and what we can get from you guys, because sure. with the Internet, we're all over the place, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And and Chris and I coach through phone, through Skype. We coach people live. It, it doesn't matter. Our, our coaching is, is really about removing the blocks and barriers, and we talked a lot about that today. The, what are the blocks? The blocks are denial. The blocks are anger. The blocks are our inability to grieve. So Chris and I have been through that process, and we can assist people to remove the blocks and barriers that are keeping people stuck. In these negative emotions. And where do we find you? Possibilitycoaches.com. And tell us about your book. I've got to tell you, John, I'm looking at it right now, and I feel better just looking at it. There's something about the site. I'm serious to everybody listening. Go to the site right now. 
because there's just the colors, the way that it's set up, you instantly feel a little better. And they've got some great affirmations, a book on affirmations, right? We have a book. It's a a daily reader. It's called 365dailytips.com is the website. You can go directly to our book site. And it's a daily reader. And there are 365 tips that Chris and I have used and applied and suggested to our clients over the last decade that you can use to move toward loving yourself and forgiving yourself. Uh, Can we have one real quick tip? John? One one quick tip? Can we have one? Yeah. I could just, right off the top of my head, I'll say, give up the need to fix and control people. Oh, I like it. I do, too. Give up that, give up that need, because that, that's exhausting and debilitating. Focus on yourself. It's not selfish to focus on yourself, because when you heal yourself, you, you're simply leading by example. And people will be attracted to you and they'll gravitate toward you and you'll be able to help so many more people by being uplifting instead of being angry and controlling and trying to save the world. Save yourself. Ah, oh, I love it. That's a great ending on that. Save yourself. John, thank you for so much for being on the show. I love you. You're such a great guy. And say hi to Chris and I hope we love run you. into you guys again. Love you guys too. Thanks for thanks, thanks for John, me. for everything you're doing. Thank you. Well, Heidi, those guys are so great, aren't they? And John, they're, they're so much fun. I hope our audience out there, if you are in need of an energy boost and some fun and some people to be energetic and get you going, if you're feeling in that grieving spot where you're ready to make a move out, the possibility coaches are where it's at, right, Heidi? Absolutely, Mom. And I love the idea of saving yourself and going to the site and just there's 365 daily tips to get you there, to get you to a place of joy. and. Like like he said, we, you need to work on yourself first. Yeah, one of my friend and Byron Katie. Up, what? I'm sorry, what? I was just saying Byron Katie used to say, do it yourself and teach the world. I like that. <laughs> well, thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll tune in again next week, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.